You're listening to Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast, dedicated to exploring the full potential of human physiology and mind with focus on ancient and modern techniques of self-development. Spend some time with Dr. Nader, who is leading the way in the science of consciousness and begin your journey to better understanding the relationship of mind and body, consciousness and physiology right now. Uh, Dr. Nader, could you tell us um, something? Whenever we meet people, we always assess them naturally, and sometimes in a positive manner, sometimes uh, not so positive. And at some point, it is a judgment, and which doesn't help them, but also certainly doesn't help us. Can you tell us a little bit, like, where's the distinctions, and, and what can we do about it? Yeah, it's it's a fine line. It's a fine dis distinction. You know, uh, opinion is something that one can give a point of view or awareness of something, realizing something is there, noticing something. So that's a range of things one can see. So if you say to somebody you have, um, I don't know, you have something on your face, for example, uh, that dropped or something on your clothes, it's an observation. So the observation is not a judgment, it's just awareness of something that is there that maybe you feel shouldn't be there. Now, when feeling comes into it and assessment of right and wrong or good and bad, and then emotional attachment to it, it gets a little bit more complicated. When one feels they are right, I am wrong, or I think this is the right way to do it, but not that way, uh, then you're starting to get into personal opinion, what we call. So it's a subjective kind of thing, and it's no more simple observation. It gets with some additional emotion, additional feeling, additional thinking about the purpose of the person, why they're doing it, and all of that. And that gets complicated. So it's a whole range of things. It's not just either this or that. And you can say judgment, it's a good judgment, which means you have thought through something and you made the right decision about it. And to be judgmental, for example, is yet another limit of the relationship where uh, you're always analyzing from the perspective of something is right or wrong and you put your personal opinion in it and you become emotional about it and therefore add to it so many layers of experience and feeling and all of that, and that becomes a bit more on the judgmental side. So our intellect has to always analyze things. We don't live our life without discrimination or not discriminating between people, of course, without you know, knowing what is right, what's wrong, what I should do, what I shouldn't do. But all of this should be with a sense of knowing that whatever one's opinion is, is colored by one's own state of consciousness. So if you are having an awareness based on certain expectation, certain prejudice, certain anticipation of how things should be, and then you make your judgment, which is that normally what we do anyway, through all of these layers, though they're filters, of you know how one can see things, then it can look more and more on the judgmental side, which means it's too much taking into consideration one's own opinion and not be open to the other's uh, you know, possible point of view. Somebody might do something and you say, this is really bad. Why is it bad? It's bad because you think you have a preconceived idea of what is good <laughs> and what is bad, of what is right and what is wrong. And why do you have a preconceived idea about that? It's because you have a background. You have been told this when you were young. You grew up in a certain society that believes in certain things. You grew up in a certain culture that believes certain things, maybe a certain religion that believes something, that some things have to be done one way or the other. And then you, from this point of view, you are projecting on the others a certain opinion. So it's no more just an opinion. It's an opinion that is based on layers of background that are not free from other factors 
that you're not able to see that they contribute to your opinion. So ultimately, what we want is to be able to be fair, to be right, to take somebody else's point of view from their perspective, to know that right and wrong can be relative also. The do's and don'ts, because you know, that's where judgment comes. You do this, you don't do that. So the do's and don'ts and the roles of life also depend on situations and circumstances. It's not necessarily always an absolute. And they are different from different states of consciousness. Marcia used to say, for the child, the do's and don'ts, the do is play with the toys, the don'ts don't break the toys. <laughs> so that's the limit of their awareness, because that's a child, you know. But from, from a responsible person, the do's and don'ts become much more on a cosmic level, on a responsible level towards oneself, towards society, towards others, to be able to know how to share, to give, to understand, to be patient, and like that. So the range is huge. And so if you have any specifics, we can, for example, address them, because that is a general background of you know, what happens in judgment. And that is the problem of bias, for example. There is always bias. We always act from the perspective in which we are. We can't do anything else. And so what do we do? How to improve that is that we improve ourselves. So we see clearer. If you have red glasses, you see red. If you have yellow glasses, you see yellow. Now, is this judgment or is this observation and opinion. If you make it like I have the ultimate truth and everything is yellow because you have your yellow glasses, in a way you are right because you see yellow. But where you are wrong is you don't know that you have yellow glasses. And so you're seeing from a yellow perspective and things look yellow. So one has to accept that you are an honest, sincere person who sees things from that perspective. But what one should know is that this is being seen from a certain point of view that is colored by the glasses. So the person isn't bad, although they might appear to be bad, <laughs> but they're not you know, basically bad intention. But it could be bad judgment because things aren't yellow. Not everything is yellow. There are different colors to things, there are different shades, there are different flavors, and all are beautiful. But you see this only from that perspective. And so what we need to tell the person is improve your glasses. So in a way they are wrong also because the reality is not all yellow. And, but we have to keep in mind that their intention is not necessarily wrong, it's not necessarily bad, it's just what they can see. And this is where it becomes a problem, even in society, between different belief systems, between different cultures. So this is where we need to keep in mind that beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. Which means, if your eyes can see something, then you can. If you cannot see it, you cannot. Because it's like that. So this is just a general idea. If you want more specifics, please go ahead. Uh, we can discuss any point. But how, how can you see something that the other person doesn't see, but you want to see it also? It's like um, if someone is judging the situation and the person has a very good logic, so it almost can convince everyone, but you cannot see that judgment, let's say. Well, then we use our intellect, we use what we know, we use um, what we experience from our perspective. Ultimately, we cannot act except from where we are. That's why the solution is to improve who we are, to improve our vision. How do we improve our vision? By not being biased by all the layers necessarily, although they help us, you know, these customs and culture and belief and all of this. They help to organize society because we have to have a common understanding of law, common understanding of behavior. You know, somebody says, I want to take this beautiful thing. Uh, it's really nice and I feel like taking it, but it's not yours, you know. So it's okay, what's the problem? <laughs> you know, you can say, ah, well, wait a minute, there is a law. You cannot take people's possessions. 
Uh, well, in my country, <laughs> we don't have that problem. <laughs> no, no, we have it. <laughs> okay, like, well, I was going to wait to see what, no, what no. kind of an enlightened culture. <laughs> we share the everything. Unity, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so there are laws, you know, there are ways that create society. Without that, it, it's a wild reality. So there are laws, there are principles, we agree about them. Are they the ideal laws? Maybe not, but you know, that's what we agree. And so when we have laws, we agree about them. And then based on those laws, those principles, we can say, well, this is right, this is wrong. And when the collective consciousness rises, maybe the laws also change and, and like that. So good and bad and things like that are very relative based on consciousness also and what is right, what is wrong, at what time, how do we judge that, depends on, on the consciousness. So what do we do? We improve our awareness. So some, when somebody tells you something and it's logical, but you don't feel it, you don't kind of agree with it, then go back to yourself. Go back to your clear vision. So you say, okay, maybe now I have this kind of glasses and my best way to handle the situation is to be rested, to be awake inside and to follow what my heart tells me is best to do. So you go to yourself to be self-referral rather than object referral. Object referral means we live our life based on others, based on circumstances, based on situation, based on other people's opinion of us or what we do. And that means we are a football of situations and circumstances. We're being kicked around. This person thinks of me like this, I'm feeling happy. This person thinks of me not like this, I'm feeling sad. So my happiness and my sadness depend on the person's opinion. And the person's opinion depends on their state of consciousness. Maybe they wake up, they're upset, they're thinking about themselves, they don't even care about anything else, and they see you and they're upset with something has nothing to do with you, and you look at them and you are, they are frowning, and your vision is, oh, they don't like me. Oh, they're not happy with me. Oh, they're not nice to me. And then you are sad. But this has nothing to do with you. The person is absolutely, <laughs> taken by their situation, their own personal life. They are troubled and you don't see it, you don't know it. And you take it as being a judgment against you or an opinion or not being nice towards you. And that doesn't help. That's why we want to be self-referral. We want to be established in the self, anchored in the self. How do we get anchored in the self? by getting rested, so we are not overtaken by stress and strain, so as much as possible, and more profound than this, by transcending. Transcending means to go beyond, and to go beyond all of this, all of this, and then found that, find that we are truly this infinite pure self, unbounded, and then, then we can see things more clearly, and then we can help the situation. It's not like getting away and being insensitive and not taking people's opinion. No, we want to see, but people's opinion is their point of view about their universe. <laughs> they can't tell us who we are, really. They tell us who they are. So when somebody tells you, you are bad, what you think is, well, his glasses are seeing bad. <laughs> they have yellow glasses. They have red glasses. Yeah. Yeah, so the vision from the other person is they talk about themselves, you know. There was a joke in psychiatry, which we, when I was doing that, we used to say when two psychiatrists meet each other, one says to the other, Oh, you're looking good today. How am I today? <laughs> but that is, is object referral too much. No, we have to be subject referral, self-referral. I actually had an a interesting experience just the other day. I, I was coming uh, from the U.S. and I was on the train and I had some you know, big luggage with me and this total stranger you know, business suit, whatever, he comes up to me and he, he says, oh, it's a pity you took the plane. 
And I, I said, why? He said, oh, you know, they're, they're polluting a lot. And then he sees I have a plastic water bottle and he says, that's very toxic to drink out of this plastic bottle and, you know, it's very bad for the environment. And I didn't really know how to respond in that moment because on one hand, I can, you know, I agree that we should all be thoughtful about our actions, of course, but it also just didn't feel appropriate for the situation since I don't know him at all. So how, how would you <laughs> respond if someone just came up and started, you know, criticizing I, your behavior? They tell him, you're wonderful, absolutely. <laughs> I am so glad you are really thinking of the environment and all of that. Thank you for your opinion. I'll think about it carefully and see how I can apply it to make everything better. That's all you can tell them. Because their intention, we don't know what it is. You know, why did they come to you? Are they fanatic about something? Are they really, you know, there is this, this issue of now climate anxiety and climate depression and all of that. So people are worried and in some cases for good reason. But how do we apply things in specific situations for specific circumstances for a specific person, you know, like that? We have to be careful because suppose, God forbid, your mother or your friend is very sick and they need you and you are a specialist into something that nobody else in the world can take care of other than you, okay? And you are in the United States and the situation is very urgent. Now, what do you do? You take a, what, a sail and you come <laughs> through the Atlantic and all of that to take care of your duty. You cannot do that. Every situation has its circumstance. So this person's judgment is partial knowledge and partial ignorance because they don't know who you are. They don't know why you are there. They don't know, you know, what kind of situation you are in and why you have used the means of transportation you had to use for what emergency or for what reason. So this is why where it becomes limited perspective. But from our side, if we take it on ourselves like, oh, they are right and what do I do and like this, then it's not correct. You made your judgment, you take your responsibility and everything has its cause and effect everything has its reaction and uh, responsibility, which means if you're doing something wrong, you're gonna pay the consequences yourself. So, you know, he likes to take away your, your you know, he gets stressed from your behavior. Mm -hmm. It's kind of sharing your stress with him. It's his problem a little bit mm -hmm. of getting his mind on something that is, uh, he probably wants to do good, but if he made you feel bad, there is something which is not proper, mm -hmm. you know, and you don't know the person. Now, there was a saying in the ancient Vedic tradition is that sometimes the king in their palace, they would actually put people who are very critical and the people who are criticizing they bring awareness to something that needs to be done, so that is good on one hand, but they also <laughs> absorb, <laughs> absorb some of the negativity oh <laughs> <laughs> because their awareness drains it like a sponge, you know? And so putting the awareness too much on negative things, negativity grows in one's life. Whatever we put our awareness on grows stronger in our life. I don't mean it in the sense of this example because the person is probably very well intentioned and is making you aware of something. He finds a young person and he wants them to know that it's good to be climate responsible and, and like that, environmentally healthy. This is the time to give the speech. So you thank them. It's great. And you'll think about it. Next time you take the plane, you know, or before taking the plane, you see if there are other means that are more uh, environmentally friendly. It, it actually made me also think about how I give recommendations to other people. It, it made me think a lot about that because I get very passionate about things and often it's things I think other people should do, you know, whether it's meditation or running or, you know, eating healthy or organic or whatever. And I guess I would also love to hear from you what, what you think about the best way to give recommendations to people we love because it can easily become, you know, that's too much. You know, you don't want to force people to, to think a certain way. Of course, it's their decision, but 
at the same time, you want to share the things that you think could help them. I think we should do this in a way that is in tune with the topic of what we're discussing. Not to give them the impression that we are judging, but we are informing from whatever we know. So it many times depends on how you say things, just with what kind of introduction you do it, what kind of attitude, how much you're insistent on something, and the kindness that we have towards the other. So if you do it with love and compassion, which means, you know, people, everybody is trying their best in the world. Everybody wants to be better. Everybody wants to be healthy. Everybody wants to be happy. Everybody wants the world to be better, ultimately. Even those most extreme people, they believe that this is what it is. You know, they do certain horrible things, even in the name of God. But in their heart, it's the most important thing to do because they feel we are missing something and they just go out and do it. And they feel there is no other way to do it. So it's based on ignorance. It's unfortunate. It can lead to destruction. But we don't assume from the beginning that the intention, intention is necessarily wrong. And so we first start by accepting the other and knowing this is the world we have to deal with. This is the world we want to enlighten. It has its limitations, it has its problems, otherwise we would be in heaven, not on planet Earth. So we are on planet Earth, we have our limitations, everyone does, and therefore this is the world we have to deal with. So if you really want to improve the world, start by loving it and understanding it. And therefore, even taking the most extreme and seeing how you can make it better. You don't make it better necessarily by saying you're bad, you're wrong, and I'm right. You say it, okay, let's think about it. I have some knowledge, and it's my opinion, and I believe in it, and I want to share this with you. And then you leave it there. You can't do more. You can't force people. You can never force people. Every one of us has their steps in life and stages of evolution. We evolve by steps of growth and understanding and rising in consciousness. And so you tell the person, this is what I feel and this is what I think. You know, like the person who told you, if he said it in a way that puts you at this ease, it means they're limited. If this is their sense of, I want to change the world and I start by telling everybody you know, how they can change it. Then from our side, we take it. That's why the response, yes, yes, thank you so much. You care so much. You're so wonderful. So we don't take it like a judgment on ourselves and we are being diminished and all of that. When somebody says something to you, they're projecting themselves. Again, we said that. They're not necessarily at all seeing you and who you are. How do they know you? Nobody can know you completely, fully. You know yourself. So people are always projecting themselves on us, on everybody else. And so when they say something, we see that. So if you want to tell somebody you have some beliefs about organic food and healthy living and sleeping on time and meditating and all of this, this is what you know is great. So when you tell somebody about it, it talks about you. You're telling about yourself. And they will take it from their glasses, their points of view. You can't smash their glasses because they're attached to them. They think it's themselves. So people identify themselves with their own culture, vision, opinion, feeling of who they are. This is who they are. You can't destroy who they are. You want to remove the ignorance. You want to create clarity because otherwise it becomes a destructive approach rather than a compassionate, caring, loving approach. In both cases, whether we are getting the hit or we are trying to hit, it would be always in the sense of positive thinking. So you, you look at it, not positive thinking in an artificial way, but in the sense of what more can I do to help people? I just give them my knowledge and then respect their reality. 
If I don't respect their reality, I'm not truly helping them the most. So you have to respect where they are, give them a chance to think about what you are thinking, and leave it. Don't feel responsible for it. So you can't feel responsible for every little bad thing happening in the world, because it becomes unmanageable. Let's first make ourselves better, and then we gradually radiate that. And we teach, we teach, we teach, you know. Marshi used to say, I go to a lecture, and if some people are coming, and maybe 100 people are there, and only one person learns transcendental meditation. I see it, it's great. It is one person who learned transcendental mm -hmm. meditation. That one person at least took it. The others, they heard the knowledge. Some didn't hear it properly. Some heard it to, to their extent. And then what can you do? You don't feel the weight of these hundred people on yourself because then you're carrying a load which is more than is necessary or needed. We do our duty and then we leave it. <laughs> yeah, it was so beautiful. <laughs> like, it was so beautifully explained because I think, um, I think uh, everyone does that. When we want the best for our people, sometimes we push. Yeah. And for me personally, it was very hard to, to stop that and respect their own uh, lives. But now that you told me this, it makes it much easier. I should have done that years ago. Yeah. <laughs> That's good. Well. Yeah, I mean, there are situations where, you know, you become a manager in a society or, you know, you have children and family and there are people you are responsible for and they are younger and or inexperienced and then you have to guide them. In this case, you have to be a little bit stronger because, you know, if you are a parent and the child is a child and the child takes the dirt, wants to eat the dirt and you prevent them and they start crying, you cannot say, <laughs> oh, it's okay, I explained to you and it's up to you. You know, <laughs> so there are times when you are responsible for certain people and you say, you come here, you give me that dirt. And you want to cry, go cry in your room, but not with the dirt in your mouth. <laughs> well, you did it with compassion and love. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Exactly, you do it with compassion and love. When it's people under your care and your responsibility, they are part of you. It's part of your being. You know, you have something dirty on your clothes or on your body or something, you have to clean it. You have something uh, that comes up that's not right, then you have to go to the surgeon and remove it. Mm. You know, it's not like, oh, you know, you are there. <laughs> <laughs> so whatever is you, whatever belongs to you, whatever is under your care and expects you to take care of them, you have to take care of them. So if you have a wound, if you just give love to it, it doesn't have, it doesn't get better, you have to go to the surgery? Yeah, sure. I thought, you know, with meditation. <laughs> no, we are with practical. Some observation. We are practical, we are practical. You know, there are things, if there is a wound, there is a pain, there is an issue, something is calling upon you to your attention. It needs your attention. So this is not a politics of lethargy, a politics of non-doing. We have to do, we have to educate, we have to explain. But those who are not under our responsibility, we have to respect their life, their behavior, their situation. We give them whatever we know is best, and then we go back to the self. But what I'm saying is when it's you, your personal things, you know, you have to do things right. If, if you know something is not right, but you really would like to do it and like that, uh, but it's not right, then you just don't do it. There is where you say, no, I don't do it. So if, if you want to take somebody else's possession and it's really shining and beautiful, mm. <laughs> <laughs> it's some, at least so nice, nice to... Some nice gold. <laughs> yeah, some nice gold and it's not yours, then it won't bring you happiness, so you should know. So then you say, no, it's no, I don't do it. So if it's your child, if it's your organization, if it's your business, if it's your, under your administration, you have to correct, you have to take leadership, you have to make changes like that.
But in terms of opinion and discussion with others, then you do what you can, you inform them, and then they have their life. You have to respect their life. Now, suppose that I have a, an opinion about a particular person, and that opinion is you know, quite negative. <laughs> <laughs> and whether it, if it affects them or not, that's a different matter, but it affects me, the fact that I am having this opinion about this person. Right. Um, is there any practical way that, I, hey, like other people I assess properly, and well, properly, not in a negative way, but then there's a few people and some, it, it's inside of me. Like <laughs> what <the> well, it <laughs> depends on the importance of these people in your life. <laughs> of course, if it's, you know, you have a bad opinion of somebody and in some country who's doing something wrong, you know, or somebody you read the news about somebody who did something horrible, it doesn't affect you. I mean, you are feeling, okay, I'm sorry the world has such people. I hope it will be better. So you feel like that and you say, well, if I transcend and if we create collective consciousness, even those things will improve. But it's not a direct thing. So what is more direct is people who are either under your care or are you're under their care or you know there is a special relationship and then it gets more complicated because it's uh, either a parent or a friend or a child or something like that and you can't just say I have a bad opinion and uh, I don't care because it becomes part of who you are so in a sense we can say part of yourself is not at ease because you have taken those people as part of your life, as part of yourself. See, our self is not just the physical body. Our self is our relations, our friends, and ultimately our self is the entire universe. We know that pure consciousness, the unified field. So in the most expanded vision of the self, then everything wants to be, you want everything to be better, and you want everything to be but on the short-term, narrow perspective, the self is mostly also things that influence us. And that's why you have some problem with that. So how you deal with it? Again, it depends on the person, you know. If it's a child, you deal with it some way. If it's a friend, you deal some other way. If it's somebody in the business that is on a higher level, it's a different way. If it's a parent, a relative, it's a different way. So what ways are there? Always with care and love and trying to understand. First, ask yourself, is my opinion truly right? You know, or am I being biased because I want something my way and I'm not being able to see the other person's perspective? Okay, so that you ask yourself. Once you've resolved that with yourself, you can talk to the person. If they are close to you, you can talk to them. And this is where it's very important, communication. Communication, feel, you know, not talking to somebody, not opening the heart and saying things can sometimes make things much more complicated uh, than just saying, okay, I ignore it and it's, it will pass and all of that. Now, of course, at some places when you find the person taken by their a situation and they are not willing to hear and they feel that you coming to talk to them is an aggression, then you have no choice but to let it be and don't feel responsible for it. So it really becomes specific, you know. I don't know how much specific you want to go, <laughs> to what extent so we can actually dissect it a little more, but... Suppose someone in social and professional circles who's more at like at a you know, appear. Yeah. Not someone above, not someone below, but someone I have to deal with or not. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh, the way I deal with this person might negatively affect them because, you know, there's there's gossip and all of that and I can try to swallow that or or I can you know, so yeah, a person who I is think just talk to them personally and privately and say, I see this and I'm concerned for your well-being and for our friendship that I feel these things. And excuse me if maybe I have the wrong opinion. I must confess that maybe there are things that I don't know. But I'd like, you know, at least 
to open my heart and share my thought. Please take it for what it is. It's not a criticism. It's just an opinion. And um, I feel I have to share it with you. And then you take it as you like, or you tell me where I'm wrong or what I have not been able to see. And then from there on, suppose they take it well, then it's great, it can be resolved. If they don't take it well, then what can you do? Another thing is you can tell them, oh, you know, there is this amazing technique, it's called transcendental meditation. <laughs> <laughs> and it relieves stresses and strains. So don't talk about the problem. Think of the solution and give them a solution that will make them better. And so, you know, you say it's great, it relieves stress. Don't tell them it will make you become a good person now. You are such a horrible person. <laughs> so, of course, that will not help. But say it will make everyone better. It made me better. I really felt so good and I, I discovered this technique. And you will actually feel that they will change. They will definitely change. So think of the solutions sometimes is a very good strategy rather than dealing too much with the problem and rehashing the problem, rehashing the problem. You know, give ideas. Oh, why can't we do this this way? Can we do this this way? What do you think about this? Like that. Okay. That's wonderful advice. <laughs> <laughs> in, a, in a situation where I personally um, encountered a lot of times when I, had a, when I started a new job, uh, first few moments at, uh, at a new class, um, where you had social encounters with, with new people, um, you get to notice very quick, very soon, that people also put their judgment upon you and also trying to get you attached to a certain bias. Um, you know, what people to talk to, what people not to talk to, which is all based on their own experience or experiences of others that they have also been informed by, that I noticed in most cases have never been true for me personally because I never believed in, in putting people onto a certain corner as, as that's who they are because other people perceive them as them being so. What would you say to people, because I think this is something in general that a lot of people uh, encounter, what would you recommend them how to perceive in a situation like that? Again, communication is very important, which means exchange your opinion. So if you are in an institution and they have a certain philosophy and a certain opinion about how things should be done, then if that is their institution and that has an impact on their business and all of that, and if you don't like it, then don't work in it. You know, it's not your environment. Work in something that is your environment that is more healthy. If it's something just a gossip kind of thing, Talk to them that it's not something that you are really interested in. Why don't we think about something else? Or even without contradicting them, just keep taking the thing in the right direction. You know, and people will notice. People will like those who are positive, who are thinking right, who are seeing the right things and all of that. So instead of contradicting and having friction, Try to bring the positive things. Try to highlight uh, some angle that is right, that is on your right track. Like, but don't you think that uh, this is also nice, you know? Mm -hmm. Just as if, and change the topic in a way. Yeah. So this can be strategies depending on the situation. Again, ultimately, you know, if people are tired, you, you just encourage them to rest. <laughs> the more rested they are, the more clearly they will think, the more positive they will be. And ultimately, if they practice transcendental meditation, they'll go back to the self, and then all these surface things will, will disappear gradually. I, I don't know how you feel about it, but, but personally, I think you know, people should, uh, should, should learn more tools about how to engage with each other in conversation and have an open conversation without, um, you know, to kick away all the blocks that are the judgment blocks, basically, uh, and getting to know each other. You know, more is always, uh, in a sense, more of friendship, more of love, more of caring, more of support, more of understanding is always better than less. And so when, when this is a principle, we just say that more opinions, more people's point of view, 
even if sometimes they look different, the more rich is the uh, understanding and the experience. And that's how and why it's good to engage with others because people have their creative points of view. So if somebody has a narrow perspective on one thing, maybe they focused a lot on that and they have a great understanding of that one thing. And so they look narrow, but they have a great understanding on one point, they focused on it. Now, if the other one has narrow, but also focused a lot on another thing, and another one on another thing, and another one on another thing, when they come together, that's the beauty of a human society. And that is when they come together, everyone has great understanding about different points, and they can share this, and now everyone has great understanding about many things rather than just one thing. So life is to be enriched with knowledge, to be enriched with understanding. And that's how by communicating and sharing, you know. So let's say people are narrow, 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 north. ten narrow people. You can say you are narrow, you don't work, you are narrow, you're not right, you're narrow, you're not good, you're narrow, it doesn't work, it's horrible, you should be broader. Or you can say, come, let's share our narrow, narrow, narrow. <laughs> and by sharing our narrow, narrow, we suddenly are seeing more. Together we become bigger and together we can grow. So we see the positivity in having to focus on something. This is their interest. And, you know, they want to, I don't know, to, to do a champion cyclist. You know, they're very narrow. They just do that. And, but they learn a lot about it and they experience something and the other guy is narrow about playing the guitar and that's all they want and they don't see anything else. But then they can have a bicycle ride together, one can help the other about things that they learn, the other one can play the music for this one. I mean, I'm taking a simplistic example. In terms of knowledge, it's of course much more Somebody studies history, the other one studies geography, the other one studies mathematics. By being together, we have a history and mathematics and geography all enriching all of us. I mean, these are superficial examples, but in life also, in relations and experience and all of that, by sharing and talking and thinking through. So that's how we can encourage uh, this kind of sharing and communicating. That was your question? Thank you. Very good. We haven't heard from you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about the relationship between um, judgment and, and fear. Because I think it's a lot of the times when people judge, they're actually afraid of somebody uh, else's opinion or ideas. And that's when you start judging. So something in you is challenged, I believe, or maybe you could comment on that and how we can sort of um, learn how to work with it that when somebody's judging you or you're judging somebody that you see what's happening and that you use it in your own advan uh, advantage that you s sort of understand what is happening and because i mean i judge sometimes and but i always become aware of it and then try to make it into a positive thing because a lot of the times it is telling you something interesting about yourself but um yeah maybe you could that's a very, very good point. In fact, every fear, every uh, negative thing comes from the sense of uh, potential for loss for oneself or for people we love or who we identify as ourselves, be it our community, our society, our borders, our life, and all of that. So that fear of loss is fundamental in the conflicts that people have at all levels and the judgment comes as the intellectual way to explain why you are afraid of something or so it's kind of almost an interpretation of the actual deep fear so it's a very very good point because when we judge we are saying this is not accordance to what I know to be right. So what I know to be good. So what is it that is good? What is, what is it that is right? What is right and good is that which preserves society, preserves my beliefs, preserves and protects what I know, you know is the purpose of life 
and what I know is the good for all. And therefore, there is a sense that I have to give my opinion if something is threatening these things that I believe to be myself and believe to be my reality. The narrower is one's opinion about oneself or one's perception of what oneself is, the greater is the risk of being judgmental and the greater the risk of having fear from the others. The broader is our perception of the self and the understanding of it, the less we are likely to be afraid of losing ourselves. And if ourself is infinite, unbounded, then it cannot be lost. It's everything already. So it's our state of consciousness that makes a big difference in this sense. Fear comes from duality, the sense of there is the other. As soon as there is the other, the other can threaten me. Threaten my life, my existence, my happiness, my belongings, my love, my relations. So the potential for threat is always there. But if I am everything, and that's what happens with rising in consciousness, where I realize I am everything, then there is no fear because everything is myself. And so the broader my understanding of the self, the least I am likely to be afraid and therefore the least I am likely to be judgmental and negative towards other points of view, other opinions, other ways of living, other ways of thinking, other steps of growth and evolution. And so because I see, well, there are many, many ways and people are at different places in their evolution and they will come to different steps and they will reach. I am also on my path of evolution. So judging from the outside people who are, you know, have no impact on us is an opinion that is biased by our color which can be a nice bias, you know, it can be positive. I don't mean it's always negative. You could see something negative and it can be correct that this is negative. It's not like every time you judge, you're wrong. You have to judge, you have to discriminate, you have to make a decision, you have to see life and be the captain of your ship, to be the real captain of the ship. If you are in the ocean and there is a big wave, and you are the captain of the ship and you say, I don't have to judge the wave and let it, you know, I don't have to deal with it anyway. Your, your ship will fall. So you have to judge the wave. You have to, <laughs> not you have an opinion about the wave being bad, but it's there. <laughs> and, and it's going to come and it's possible it's going to flip your ship. So you have to make your adjustments. In this case, of course, you do judge. You judge, you make a decision based on your judgment and you take your ship in the right direction. So that is one thing. Now, does the wave has poor intention? It didn't care the wave, whether you are there or not, it's gonna be there. It's nature. So nature is bringing these people in our life. It's bringing those situations in our life. And we have to deal with them. And this fear on the surface level sometimes can be justified. If you're in the jungle and uh, there is a tiger, you have to be afraid. Fear is a very good thing, you know. <laughs> if, you don't, if you don't have fear, you sit there and you smile. Maybe the tiger will not do anything because that will be a higher state of consciousness. <laughs> but I wouldn't bet on it, you know. <laughs> so I think you run or you, you climb on the tree or whatever, or you fight if there is no other way. So, you know, every situation brings its, its situations and its circumstances. And ultimately, if you are in a state of pure being and like that, you can say that you can be in such a harmony with nature that the tiger will have already had dinner and don't, don't think that you are a good, you know, a good dinner for them. And the jungle may they pass you by, but this is, you know, again, you don't want to bet on this until you are in unity consciousness, in which case <laughs> you will naturally do the right thing, which is either not to go to the jungle where the tiger is, <laughs> or if you go there, you'll be prepared. So it really all comes back to 
what state of consciousness we are in and what, from what platform we are acting, from what platform we are thinking, from what platform we are deciding. If it's a platform of unity awareness, of higher state of consciousness, then spontaneously we'll have the right action, the right thoughts. Our eyes are clear, our glasses are gone, you know, the wrong glasses, the colored glasses. We have now a good binoculars <laughs> that see really well. So ultimately, beauty lies in the eyes of the beholder. What you see is what you are, based on what you are. And also what you see you become, in the sense that the more you put your attention on things, the more these things grow in your life. If you're constantly judging, constantly this, constantly seeing the bad, constantly afraid that it's going to be right, constantly thinking like that, you are polluting your mind always with this, this kind of thing. Because you're afraid of this will not happen and you feel responsible for the entire universe and the evolution of creation. I mean, it's good to have that kind of feeling about oneself, but let's have some also modesty about it, you know. <laughs> it's like we do what we can and then nature does its job also and we take it as it comes. So it's very important when we are judged that we always realize that the judgment is coming from a person who has a certain background, a certain situation, a certain expectations, certain maybe belief systems, certain political affiliation, certain prejudices that they have grown through. So nobody comes to these situations free and thinking really completely uh, on a level of wisdom and uh, clarity and like that. There is a lot of emotion and a lot of prejudice that comes with us as we are, where we are in our life can be from our DNA even, can be from our family, from our history. So whenever somebody judges us, we have to remember that, that it is their opinion, that's all that it is. It is one person is talking to us about themselves. Remember, the judgment is not about us. It's about how they see the situation. And they project their reality in their comments, in their judgment. So we don't take it as, oh, we are bad because they said this about us, or we are wrong because they think like this about us. All we think is, we are what they, we are, they don't know us, they are actually projecting their beliefs, their rights, their thinking, their background, onto the screen to everyone see, onto the public opinion for everyone to see, and has sometimes absolutely nothing to do with us whatsoever. So they pick up something which might be we have said or something like that, and they see in it that particular perspective that they can see. So what do we do ourselves? First, we realize that. We realize that it is a colored point of view, absolutely colored point of view. And it's the case in every case. Okay, so therefore we don't take it to heart. We don't start by accepting or embodying or taking in those opinions of the others. We have to remain self-referral, which we call, you know, even in science, we can call it field independence. We are independent from the field. Now, how to be independent from the field? It can be first intellectually by realizing that and making it a practice to go back to the self. What do I think? Trust oneself, trust one's own feelings. Why? Even if I have a wrong opinion, which is not most ideal, it represents me also. It represents who I am. So from here, how do I take other opinions and see and judge for myself what is right, what is wrong, what is good, and then either take it in, accept it, and move on, or reject it and move on. In every case, one thing is very important. Change is what life is about. 
We're always changing, always changing, always changing. And therefore, even if one is wrong and something has been pointed to us, you are wrong there, and you realize you were wrong, and you understand it that's to be wrong, so it's not just a question of hiding away, it's your fault, he is thinking wrong, and it's not, I'm always good. No, sometimes we might find that they are right, that they say something to us that we agree, I didn't see it. So, what do we do then? One thing very important to do is to realize that life is a field of change and growth and development. Yesterday, when I was a kid, you know, I broke the toys. Today, I don't break the toys, but I was a kid, and today I'm a grown-up. I do something else. I do something better. I buy toys, or I create toys, or something like that. I do something new. So you cannot judge me today based on my yesterday situation. Today, I'm a different person. So when I realize there is something wrong, I should be very happy. I know I'm going to be better. And I'm going to be better, that's great. I'm a new person. So the other person is gone. It's finished. So the other person is gone. Other person, me, myself, which was there 10 minutes ago reading the message, is finished, is gone. There is a new person. <laughs> because identify myself on my small self is something that changes all the time. Look at your pictures when you were kids and when you grow up and what you change. Look at what you were doing and how you were doing. So the small self always changes. That's not you. That kind of identification with you as a small self goes and goes and goes and a new you and a new you and a new you always comes on the surface level. The truly you never changes, and that's the self, pure consciousness, the unified field of all the laws of nature, pure being. That pure self is infinite and bounded, and that's who you really are. And when you go within yourself and transcend through transcendental meditation, you find who you really are. And you find you are not the one who has that opinion. You are not the one who looks like this. You are not the one who changes from here to here. You are the one who is unbounded, infinite, pure being. So how can anybody judge that pure being from a negative perspective? They are only seeing the surface value from their own perspective of who you are. And you should not fall into the trap of accepting to see yourself from that perspective of that limited point of view. Because you are not that. You are not that. You are unbounded pure consciousness, pure being. And that small self anyway is changing, changing, changing. So you did something wrong. They pointed out to you, great, that small self changing anyway. Now it's a better self. Thank you very much. <laughs> so why be bullied? It's not identification. He's not attacking you. He's attacking that small self. And that small self now realizes it's better. It's better. It's better. Every day it's better. It's growing. It's wonderful. It's great. So we don't attach ourselves and identify ourselves with something happened here, something happened there. That is where comes also the idea of judgment. You did this to me five years ago, and I remember, and I don't forget this. But I didn't do it. This, this guy that looked like me did it. <laughs> <laughs> I am different. Now I am pure being, the pure self. I have grown. You're judging this guy from five years. Where is he? It's not there anymore. She's gone. She's not there anymore. We are changed, changed, changed as the nature of life. And so always we see ourselves new. Always we accept ourselves to be newer and bigger and bigger and bigger. Some people give us a compliment. Great, it'll make us feel better. Great, this is a new person, a new lady, a new man, a new girl, a new boy who feels better and is better today. Somebody gives us something wrong, okay, we learn from it, we adjust it, and now I am somebody who understands that this shouldn't be done. 
thank you very much. You know, so great, and I grow and I grow. But do I identify myself with all of these things and carry that bag on my back? That would be a shame. It's a waste of life. So we don't let ourselves be dragged like this into people's opinion and see ourselves as being that changing thing, which is accumulating things. We know we are infinite, unbounded, pure being. We can experience that, we can know that, we can establish that in our life. And this is where we feel liberated. This is why the term moksha in Sanskrit is used, and liberation. Liberation is the highest thing that one can achieve, is to be free. To be free of what? To be free of smallness and to understand wholeness and fullness, which we really are. The rest is the maya, the illusion, the illusion. The rest is the illusion that we are this, we are this, we did this last time, and this is, and all of this is us, and they hate us because of this. Every day we are new, and ultimately we are infinite, immortal, unbounded, pure being. So who can criticize that? <laughs> Thank you for tuning into Dr. Tony Nader, the podcast. And if you're interested in learning more from Dr. Nader, please follow him on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube.